Hi, welcome to Ready to Scale Season 3. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. I'm a real estate investor, syndicator, and operator of multifamily properties. And in this season, we're going to focus on dialogues that drive success. Building real wealth is not a fairy tale nor rocket science, but there's so much to learn. So grab a cup of coffee and join me each week for in-depth conversations with successful real estate investors. Conversations that are designed to help you drive your wealth, investment, knowledge, and lifestyle to the next level. And of course, you can always go to my website, elliperlman.com, to read more about investing passively in multifamily. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode in a High Achievers series. I'm Ellie Perlman, your host, broadcasting from Providence, Rhode Island. So today I want to talk about investing in a fund versus individual investment opportunities. And I want to talk about the differences between the two types of syndications and also what are the pros and cons of each of them, basically as an investment vehicle. So I want to start with the basics of individual syndications. Normally, and this is basically what most of you, the listeners know and invest in, every time there's a deal, you probably get an email or a phone call or a text message from the sponsor and basically saying that there's a new investment opportunity. There are information about the specific asset, where it's located, what are the specific returns for this asset, the financing structure, the hold period, the premiums, the business plan. So basically everything that you need to know as an investor about this specific asset and on every asset investors choose whether they like or don't like this specific investment. Sometimes they don't like the vintage. Sometimes they don't like the specific market or that specific opportunity for some reason. And that's a very, I would say common type of syndication. Now, when it comes to a fund, in a fund, basically investors are investing with a sponsor that they trust, and they don't really choose which assets they would invest in. So the fund is going to purchase multiple assets over a period of time. It could be maybe a fund that is open for three years or five or 10 years. And during that period, the fund is going to purchase multiple assets. And also the fund should sell all the assets by the time the whole period is over. So if the fund is set to be active for 10 years, then over the course of 10 years, assets are being bought and sold. Usually there's a target of maybe five, maybe seven, maybe 10 different assets over the life of the fund. Now, when it comes to a fund, there are two major types of funds. You have an evergreen fund or open-ended fund and closed-ended fund. An evergreen fund is a fund that basically the proceeds from the sale of the assets are not being distributed back to investors. So in my opinion, the best match for an evergreen fund is a debt fund. So let's say you invest 100K in a debt fund and this fund is providing mortgages to single family homes. Every time the mortgage is sold or basically the life of the mortgage ended, maybe it's short term 
maybe not a mortgage, but maybe it's a short-term loan to fix and flips, then every time the loan is returned, maybe after six months or 10 months or a year, the proceeds are not returned to investors as proceeds from the expiration or once the loan is due, but it keeps being reinvested and the fund is purchasing more and more assets or more and more loans. Nevertheless, even in an evergreen fund, investors are still getting distributions, could be monthly or quarterly or semi-annually distributions, regardless of whether they're getting the sale proceeds or the exit proceeds. Now, a closed-ended fund is a fund that is basically is set for a certain number of years, and every time an asset is being sold, the proceeds are being distributed back to investors every time there's a sale. And this is my favorite type of basically an investment vehicle. So when it comes to an equity fund, basically not a debt fund, but an equity fund, many investors actually prefer the closed-ended fund because they want to be able to get the sale proceeds as assets are being sold. And here is how basically a fund works. Let's say the fund opens today and investors wire the money into the fund. Then two months later, the fund is making the first purchase. And every three or four months, the fund purchases another multifamily asset. And so if the goal is to purchase 10 assets, then let's say after two years, the fund is done purchasing assets. And during that time, investors are getting their distributions first from one asset, then second asset, the third asset, etc. After four years, let's just say four years have passed since the fund was officially established. Let's just say that the first asset is being sold. Then every investor is going to get their pro rata share of the sale proceeds from the sale of the first asset. And every time an asset is being sold until all assets are sold, then the investors are going to get their pro rata share of the sale proceeds. Now, when it comes to a fund, there are two major types of funds. So you have a blind fund and a semi-blind fund. Now, a blind fund could be a real estate fund, for instance, that the investor doesn't even know what type of real estate is being purchased. For instance, a real estate blind fund could be purchasing multifamily, single family homes, retail, office, industrial, self-storage, student housing. So the fund is basically purchasing all types of real estates across multiple markets. And investors don't really know what is going to be purchased, but they do know what is the target when it comes to returns. Now, in a semi-blind fund, which is basically the fund that Blue Lake has, which is called the Rev Fund, it's a semi-blind fund, close-ended fund. And basically, in a semi-blind fund, the sponsor says, we're going to purchase multifamily assets, for instance, that are 1980 to 2012, for instance, in terms of vintage. It's going to be core plus or value add, class A, class B, or both. And the investors have a sense of what type of real estate assets are going to be purchased. They're still, they can't choose which 
asset they want their money to be invested in because once the fund purchases one asset, all the investors in the fund are going to invest and have ownership in that specific asset. So that's a semi-blind fund, which again, it gives the investors some guidelines of what type of real estate the fund is going to purchase and what is the strategy or strategies that the fund is going to use in order to drive results and pay investors. Now, there's a few pros and cons when it comes to funds versus an individual asset syndication. So one of the cons when it comes to investing in a fund is that, of course, As I mentioned before, you as an investor, you don't choose the deals that your money is invested in. You know, generally speaking, if it's not an evergreen fund, so like in Rev Fund, which is a semi-blind fund, you know that we're going to purchase multifamily properties. You know that it's going to be core plus or value add deals anywhere between 1980 to 2012. In terms of vintage, you will know the general markets that we're looking in, which is Texas, Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, in Arizona. But as a, an investor, you don't choose which assets your money is going to be invested in. You, you invest in a fund and the fund keeps buying and selling assets. Normally, you will do that when you trust the sponsor that you work with. And you trust their judgment, you trust their opinion and their track record. And so many of our investors that have been with us that have seen the performance on our assets chose to join the fund. But that's one of the cons when it comes to investing in a fund. Now, another con is that, and that's specific to an evergreen fund that I talked about before, you don't get to sell proceeds in an evergreen fund and the Proceeds keep being reinvested in the fund to purchase more loans or more assets, but you should have some liquidity. Normally it's between 90 to 120 days where you can say, I want my money back. I want to liquidate and get out of the fund. So even in an evergreen fund, you do have redemption period where you can liquidate and take your investment out of the fund. In a closed-ended fund, like I've mentioned before, which is similar to Rev Fund, you can get the sell proceeds even in, you know, the fund is not closed yet as long as some assets are being sold. Now, the benefits of investing in a fund, first and foremost, it's all about mitigating risk and lowering the general risk. So let's just say you want to invest $250,000 in a deal-specific syndication All $250,000 are going to be invested in one asset. So of course, if the asset is going to do great, your returns are going to be very strong. But if the asset is not going to do well, then you took $250,000 and you invested it in one asset. Now, the same $250,000 can be invested in a fund. And that means that the same amount of money is going to be distributed over five, six, seven, ten assets, which means that you're lowering your exposure per asset. So you're more likely to hit the projected returns, just simple math. So that's one of the major, major benefits of investing in a fund, which is to lower your exposure to risk. Another benefit is that you don't need to handle five or 10 different deals and sign five to 10 different times and provide your information over and over again. You sign on on the PPM once, 
you add your information once, you wire once, and that same amount of money is being allocated among different, as I mentioned, five, six, seven, ten different assets, but you don't need to repeat the same process over and over again. Distributions come once for all assets. So it's once wire, it's easier to track if you're as an investor, if you're tracking and measuring the distributions that you're getting. Now, word of caution, when it comes to a fund, only invest with a sponsor that you trust. It's really, really important. I cannot stress this enough to invest with someone that you trust. You don't want to invest with a sponsor that is pressured to buy deals so they can get fees. And that's true across the board for funds and for deal-specific syndications. If you get a sense that the sponsor is not hungry for fees, that they've done well, that they have enough liquidity to allow them to choose the right deals, and this is the type of sponsor you want to invest with. Now, when it comes to a fund, the challenge is that if you don't purchase something right away, when you open the fund, if the sponsor doesn't purchase something right away, your money is sitting there, there's no assets to pay you any distributions. So to bypass this, many sponsors, including us, were paying some interest on the money that is wired until the first deal is completed and until there's cash flow that are coming in from the deals. And so that's one way of bypassing that issue to investors. But again, please only invest with a sponsor that you trust. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone, schedule a call with them, ask them tough questions such as how did you communicate with investors during COVID? What was your performance? Can you send me some reports? Can you share with me a time that you did not perform? It's statistically impossible to perform 100% of the time and you want to see how they react to your question, how comfortable they are. If they're trying to sugarcoat and say, oh, we always pay on time, everything is great. They're either the best investors that uh, were ever created on this planet or they're not really telling you the truth. And you'll be able to sense if things go south, whether this is the type of company that you want to handle your money. So that's it for today. Just uh, my perspective and sharing the, the knowledge that I have between deal-specific investments and funds. Hope you have a great day. Be bold, be great, guys. Keep moving forward, and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.